Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of the show. And in the virtual studio today, as always, is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder here at Pop Health Week. Hey, Fred. Hey, Greg. It's great to be back for another week on the show. Yes, and hopefully an uneventful week for those of you in Florida, uh, perhaps somewhat in the path of Irma, and we'll hear a little bit more about that from our guest today. For those of you not familiar with Fred, he is a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, which is a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred serves on the editorial board of the Journal of Population Health Management, and the Best Practices Review Panel for the Institute for Medicaid Innovations. He is a past chair, former board member of the Population Health Alliance. Fred is known on Twitter at at FS Goldstein. My background includes thought leadership and strategy consulting for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author ACLWatch.com, HealthInnovationMedia.com, and PrecisionMedicine.Center. And now for today's special guest, Billy Berrios, Vice President of Corporate Wellness at We Are Wellness. We Are Wellness is a leader in helping employers vet and implement wellness programs that make financial sense for their employers and corporations alike. Partnering with the right corporate wellness company can make this an easy, affordable, and pleasant experience that offers a value-added benefit for your population. We understand the importance of helping employers build a benefits portfolio that allows their employees to thrive while also strengthening their bottom line. At We Are Wellness, we strive to provide only the highest level of individualized and superior service for your corporate wellness needs, including wellness plans, biometric screening, health risk assessments, corporate health fairs, newsletters, and health content, wellness incentive programs, and so much more. Our corporate wellness consultants take the time to understand your situation and negotiate the best rates on your behalf. When we partner with your company, not only do we become your wellness consultant, we become your partner in inspiring healthy habits and positive change for your employees. A growing portfolio of clients lists Virgin Pulse, Humana, Office Depot, Sonic Drive-In, and Wright State University. And with that brief introduction, Fred, over to you. Help us get to know Billy and what he's up to at We Are Wellness. Thank you so much, Greg. And Billy, welcome to Pop Health Week. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Fred. It's uh, great to have you on the show, but maybe perhaps before we get into it, um, uh, I know you're down in South Florida. I'm up here in the northern part of the state. We're busy watching Irma. Um, I hope everyone is uh, safe and able. I understand you'll be uh, heading out of there at some point. 
We will. Well, longtime Floridians are almost a little annoyed because anything below Category 3, we just kind of give a meh. And now that it's uh, this kind of level, we are taking action. So our gas lines, our home depots, our our waters, they are exiting the shelves quickly. And it's uh, everyone is, is doing the mass exodus move in the next 72 hours to give this plenty of birth. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> we hadn't really discussed this uh, beforehand. Uh, but if you think about this from a, a workplace perspective, obviously extremely disruptive, high level of stress, something that the employers and the employees really need to think about and kind of orchestrate a smooth way to handle this kind of a situation. We did. We did have to have a little bit of a, an office meeting here just to uh, address the concerns of our employees, make sure their families are taken care of, talk about a plan, talk about what to do. We have a lot of sensitive material in our office with the benefit side and the wellness side. So that personal health information is extremely private and needs to be secured. So uh, our final move today before we leave, we'll be making sure all of our electronics and computers are off the ground and covered in case of any kind of roof. So we're taking official emergency maneuvers to make sure that this personal health, health information is secured and safe. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear your response about how you meeting with your employees and worrying about their needs, ensuring that, you know, they have time to go do what they need, et cetera, which sort of leads us into this whole topic about We Are Wellness. And can you tell a little bit about why you originally formed the company? I mean, there are lots of wellness vendors out there. Brokers are all talking about it. What was the genesis for taking that and just trying to specialize in it? The the need, the the continuous questions in regards to what do you know about wellness? Our 20-year-plus benefit agency was just naturally progressing into finding partners that were best-in-class providers in wellness. We would go in and, and talk about how to get your employees healthy but not have a solution to provide. So with one of our first and longest and biggest clients, Office Depot was coming to us looking for information on on how to change a culture within their large groups around. And we had to go out there and vet our vendors. And it was just that needs analysis that we found in that broker model that we needed to create a a separate wellness division that can uh, provide those solutions and answers beyond platforms with biometrics, with telemedicines, with flu shot providers. We just started finding those holes that uh, our relationships with these clients needed. Uh-huh. So you had a large uh, client of yours come to you, and over time, just how have you seen programs like uh, uh, an organization like that, how have you seen those programs change? Or They're, cons- they're consistently changing. You know, the, the employer demographics will, over time, shift maybe from some of the retirees that age out to some of the millennials that come in and with those demographics comes new needs from the employees. So they've done a good job being a chameleon in regards to and moving into on-site gyms or um, healthy cafeteria options because their employees are voicing their opinions. And that's where we find the best laid engagement is listening to what your employees have to say instead of trying to feed an executive decision uh, solution down the throats of the employees. That's just a a recipe for disaster. Uh, You brought up an interesting point there that I hadn't really heard before, which was um, 
the older, uh, you know, 60s generation folks uh, essentially beginning to move into the retirement years and now this younger population, obviously with different needs and different thoughts of, around their life and what how they want to live it and what they what they want to do. And so Office Depot essentially had that come through their employees to say, here are the kinds of things we want to do in terms of wellness we think will be helpful for us. Correct, but it's almost a, a, a double-edged sword because a lot of the claims that these corporations are, are suffering from are from some of their older crowds on um, managing mm-hmm. some of their diseases, whereas the millennials, um, they're pretty healthy, and they're not going to do a whole lot of behavior change because they don't have to. Uh, so you're trying to cater a, a really engaged program by putting together good visuals and good challenges and good incentive programs, but the actual people that are driving your claims costs are the ones that aren't so cool with technology and have some of that issues on uh, just being able to dive in the deep end of a lot of these wearable, trackable devices that are going to manage your data. So it's a double-edged sword. You want to have a good engaged program to try to drive your claims costs down, but that large portion is coming from that 55 and older crowd. So does that call for the need for some of these less um, technologically-based programs to bring in more on-site things, health coaches and stuff like that versus going completely tech-enabled? No, I think going tech-enabled is the way to go. It's going to take education. Uh, It's going to take some training, but I I don't think it's necessarily uh, the move to dumb it down. I think it's the the job of those, that older demographic, just to have open minds, be patient. And these pieces of technology are supposed to make it easier. And this is where it's it's heading to, whether they like it or not. I I had this conversation with my 77 year old father. He's uh, slowly but surely uh, being patient with this technology, and it it's moving in that direction. I want them to stick with it, not to cater to necessarily uh, dumbing down versions, but just work from that technology point forward. Uh-huh. And when you're looking at the, you talked about the. Uh the older demographic population was in the employee work group in the obviously, you know, greater instance, chronic diseases and claims costs. Is there still a, a talk about and a, a recognition of a need for disease management programs as part of that continuum? Uh, there are, there are, but it's, it's quite often overshadowed by um, the millennial talks of catering to some of their needs. Mm-hmm. They're, the most engaged demographic out there. And that's where you tend to kind of put all your eggs in that basket. Uh huh. Do, do you think from a, you know, looking at that from a benefits perspective where you're trying to help them better manage their claims that maybe sometimes you have to push a little bit more to say, Hey, you need to do a little bit more in this area to help those people who are incurring those costs versus meeting the millennials desires. We do. It, it does take a little bit of babysitting to moving them down that path. It, it, you find a lot of work in that demographic just to urge them along to create that that lifestyle change. We're not looking for one-off kind of uh, healthy activities, whether you visit a primary care physician or just do a biometric screening. We're we're looking for that snowball effect. They they need a continuing engagement throughout that program year to really uh, get the most out of those programs. So it, it takes 
It takes over communication. It takes diff doing these pieces across all mediums from paper to text notifications. Mm -hmm. Now, Office Depot's a, a huge company. I would just, you know, just knowing how many stores they must have and then the rest of their staff. Um, are you seeing similar type approaches with your clients that are not as large as that, or, or are there different things they're looking for or you're providing? Uh, similar. They're all the big umbrella objective is to create that culture change, to instill behavior change, to uh, identify some of those at-risk employees, and, and have fun while we're doing it. It's the let's feel good to do good kind of story where each one of these mid to large size corporations are at the mercy of some hefty claims cost and it's the job responsibility of some of these HR managers, directors, wellness coordinators to to run with the ball. They're tasked by the CFOs, CEOs to put together a program. Quite often they don't have a budget to do this, so they try to make up one uh, proprietary or use the insurance carriers wellness platform or invest into uh, an outside third-party platform. But the goal is the same, trying to have fun and save some dollars, uh, try to measure that ROI, which is you know the, always the big elephant in the room and uh, kind mm -hmm. of a, a mystery to even measure. But uh, there has been studies shown that a wellness program can bring your claims cost down an average of 8% just in year one. Mm -hmm. And when you when you look at this, you you have a pretty diverse group of uh, companies you work with and companies that you potentially recommend to um, your clients. Do you see sort of arrangements where you're bringing in multiple vendors to help them solve a problem, or is it typically just one company coming in and providing a service? As the broker, we really try to put together uh, a minimum of three recommendations, whether it be platform or, or biometrics or any other solutions we have. It's our job to be agnostic, but yet to provide best-in-class options and give our two cents on what we believe would be the best uh, route for that particular size group. So we have to stay uh, pretty neutral across all channels. Um, you know, Each one at the really base of it provides very similar uh, features and benefits. It usually comes down to user experience and price. And it's our job to put the best ideas in front of them. Uh huh. And when you're, you know, some of the services you offer things like biometric screenings, um, health risk appraisals, obviously coaching and online platform. Are you still seeing a fairly high usage of biometric screenings by uh, employer groups? No, I, I think that's on the decline. Uh, you know, they are they're at at task to gather data. And that data is going to show the aggregate health of their population. And from there, they can uh, identify uh, where they need to move and what kind of behavior they might need to change. But it's it's another expense. It's, it's cost for these guys to put together biometric screenings. And um, again, if it's out-of-pocket expense with very little return, they're unlikely to do it. They do need mm -hmm. to gather some data, uh, but they're, uh, they're also giving that – uh, primary care physician annual checkup as their healthy item or activity to do in that yearly basis. It doesn't necessarily have to be drawing blood, but uh, uh -huh. I see it on the decline. 
That's that's really interesting. Excellent to hear because there's always been this, you know, as you're probably aware, this ongoing debate about biometric screenings versus USPSTF, you know, guidelines and the issue of perhaps we're just over testing people who shouldn't be tested. So interesting to hear that you're seeing that change. And as you talked about, there is another alternative, you know, seeing your your uh, primary care physician is obviously a very important piece to maintain yeah. your health. So good to hear that. They could do some other basic measurements from BMI to weight to height to kind of your baseline measurements and not necessarily have to draw blood to check the lipids or to check cholesterol levels, triglycerides, or uh, that, that would be almost a voluntary basis like a, a, a prostate checkup would be or, or any kind of those uh, mammogram evens. It would just be a, a voluntary move if you really want to understand where um, your your that kind of blood draw would be needed. And it, in terms of your clients, um, you're, you're a brokerage firm that then has this this arm that does We Are Wellness, correct? So you have clients you're serving as their, their benefits consultant or their broker for. Correct. We we can wear both hats. Uh, we, we often get into that, uh, given our long-time relationship with a lot of our clients, we we slowly try to introduce the benefits of wellness and letting them know that we have a complete separate division that can come in and mm-hmm. bring some ideas to the table and kind of treat it as a, a really good separate division um, from the benefit side. And oh, so and in, in reverse, in mm-hmm. reverse, we can introduce a wellness platform, establish good relationship. If they're not happy with their enforced broker, we would be happy to go <laughs> in and, and quote their benefits if they need a third-party opinion. Right. If you look at that broader book of business that uh, that the benefit side has, are there that many companies that don't have some sort of a wellness program, or, or do you see that almost all of your clients do? I, I'd say it's uh, barely half. Really? Really. I, I think that it's, it's not uh, moving up that budget line item as far as having a wellness program. A lot of the current clients take what their carriers offer mm-hmm. as their added value piece and do the bare minimum and say that they have a wellness program. And when you look at some of those offerings, um, what's your sense of offerings that are through the carriers? And not obviously recognizing I, that not all carriers are the same, but just general. I think it's uh, it's my best practice recommendation to separate a wellness program from your insurance carrier, benefit carrier, because given the turnover rate, because they're at the mercy of a very high percentage increase on their on their plan, if they choose to move carriers, there goes their wellness plan. And now the the HR directors and, and those people who are tasked with creating a wellness culture have to start all over again. This is a really three to five year journey to start to measure a true ROI. And given the turnaround time of benefit carriers as an maybe an average of three or four, I don't have the good data on that, but it's in my best opinion to separate those two to give that wellness program its, its due down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, I think. You know, if you look at it that way, you really are. It is really about culture and your organization's culture and trying to create this this uh, culture of health within your company. So you want that to be ongoing, 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 no matter who you've chosen as your insurance carrier. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And um, 
What are you seeing? Anything new out there? Anything that excites you or that you think may have a, a, a larger impact potentially coming down the road? I think mental awareness and mental health is is really creeping up into a base foundation of every program that I've been working on. It's it's your physical, nutritional. It is your financial and mental can also be a part of overall general health. The best laid and most engaged programs cover those main four pieces because your crazy CrossFit guy and girl could be in the best shape of his life but be in serious financial stress and could be leading to mental um, health issues. And we're trying to get the best out of our employees. We uh, Richard Branson said, your best investment is your employees. So you're trying to get and get the most you can out of that employee. And those signs are really tough to detect. They're sensitive in nature. It's mm-hmm. not something that that employee is going to bring up right there if they have one-on-one next to the water cooler. Giving them the tools and resources to identify some of those mental health issues or give them the resources to tackle the big giant of your cloud hovering over you with college debt still. The millennials are facing a lot of those problems or trying to plan for retirement. You got a kid in college and you're working 10, maybe 15 more years. And what am I going to do after that? So those can add a lot of uh, background stress to your day to day. So I see the, some of these better platforms addressing those maybe with that's with an online coach, maybe that's with an EAP program involved, but I see some, mental and financial pieces of these platforms being uh, highly highlighted which in these plat- platforms. That's really good to hear. And that brings up an interesting issue that you know, obviously is one the United States is beginning to see head on, and that's the issue of opioid addiction. Are you hearing much from your employers about that yet? No. You know, that's, uh, that's just as sensitive as, you know, financial troubles or uh, I, I have gotten whispers of some of our military crowd returning to the workforce and possibly battling some PTSD and maybe coming off um, trying to find those thrill-seeking kind of ways when they're moving from a, uh, a wartime to, you know, a white-collar job, and they look for those type of activities to keep their their blood rushing, and that could lead them down a, a really dangerous path. I haven't heard much about opioid or how to deal with that uh, other than your smoking cessation programs that are always part of those platforms as well. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting because I think there are some uh, forward-thinking employer groups that are recognizing, uh, just starting to hear it, it's like the beginning of that rumbling. We know the opioid addiction is a major problem out there, and it is impacting workforces whether they see it or not yet. But I do. I have seen a couple of the larger ones now saying we've got to get something in place. We've identified that we've got a potential issue here, and we need to figure out how to help our employees with that. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see over time how you might hear from some of your employees about employers about that issue, and then obviously who who might have some programs or resources in place to deal with it. That would be a. a- a tough way to incentivize or create a challenge on how to uh, recognize opioid or any kind of addiction issues or that uh, falls in line with some of those alcohol counseling classes and that you can discover some of those lifestyle behaviors through a lot of the health risk assessments that are inside of these platforms as well. Yeah, obviously you've got to, you know, 
uh, come up with a, a, a way to begin to identify it and then in an appropriate manner provide the resources or the knowledge and linkage the resources so that the individuals can get the help they need. Mm-hmm. So where do you think now you've talked to them about, you know, some of the newer things, financial wellness has obviously become a hot topic, uh, PTSD and stress and, and, and mental health. It's great to hear that that's gotten a, a much bigger uh, interest because clearly it's something that's sort of unfortunately played sec- second fiddle in the healthcare system. Um, are there any other things out there you're seeing telemedicine or things like that that are beginning to resonate some more or, or become integrated? Telemedicine is is really uh, what I see the next level of that urgent care move to get your workforce back into the office or back on the clock quicker. I think that uh, the cost is is very doable with some of these corporate budgets, and the the setup time is is very little. The employee would have to put together a very brief profile setup where uh, you would give any kind of health history or uh, allergic to any kind of medicines. And once you have set that up, it is it is a two-hour turnaround from the time you call uh, any one of these telemedicines to the time you get your prescription. I've done it personally. There's a lot of good providers out there. And it, I was back to work from you know your basic sinus common cold that knocks a large percent of the employees out that can be easily taken care of. They give those pretty uh, heavy antibiotics, and I was back in good working order in less than 48 hours. That's 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 great to hear. One of the issues um, you probably dealt with, and it's something that I've looked at for a while now, is this whole issue of, you know, there 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 are thousands of wellness companies out there. I mean, we've got in Jacksonville, we have local companies, we have companies started by people that are not in healthcare, in healthcare, PT people, exercise people, video people, um, and so a lot of these. As, as has been shown, really struggle and don't produce the outcomes that that they purport to. Um, what do you tell employers to look for, you know, or when they are, are even looking at their current vendor? Are, are there things you tell them that they may want to take a look at so that they can then determine if they really have something going well or not? It's It's the carrot and stick approach. It's the incentives that are going to create consistent behavior change. And that's mm-hmm. always a, a another piece of um, a budget line item that they often don't plan for is that they can they can purchase a platform and, and get a, a number of options out there. But what are they going to do to incentivize the employee to continue to do these challenges or visiting their doctors or participating in community affairs? And they're going to have to give them something. So I think what they're uh, forgetting to take a look at is the, that – basic 101 carrot stick approach. If you do this, what are we going to give you? So I think that's a piece that employees are, are forget to to budget for and to plan for until they're in the 11th month of their first year. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously an issue that's gotten a lot of attention recently through, um, you know, the uh, federal government and some of the rules associated with the Affordable Care Act. Are there certain approaches that you've seen that you think are better than others or create better engagement than others? What I find the the best option is that discount off your insurance premium. You see it 
being taken less out of your paycheck every pay period. So for a family of four, uh, a, a father or mother that is carrying the 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 benefits for the entire family, that could get up to about six, seven hundred dollars um, per month, maybe three hundred per paycheck, uh, and that's that's a big chunk coming out every month. So if you see that cut in half because you and your wife and your kids are all participating in a family platform and everyone is saving money from the bottom line, I think that is a, a big um, tangible evidence of a, of a program working and one that really makes sense for um, uh, the regular guys out there. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know that we we can probably get into this later too because that whole issue of voluntary and the premium differentials has been has been coming up a bit. Um, where you know just for last. 30 seconds. So where do you think wellness is going to go over time? Are there going to be any big changes you expect to see in the next couple of years? I think technology will continue to drive how wellness is is looked at and where we see this going into the future. I think some of these uh, big time tech companies are going to jump into the wellness game and, and drive it to a very mobile, basic use, right? Having wellness in their pocket and wherever they go. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today, Billy. It was a pleasure to have you on the show and stay stay, stay safe. And I hope uh, all of the folks in South Florida can uh, have a, a safe uh, period getting through Hurricane Irma. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Greg, as well. You bet. And there you have it. That'll be the last word for today's broadcast. I do want to thank our guest, Billy Berrios, Vice President at We Are Wellness, for his time and insights today. Do follow We Are Wellness's work on the web at www.wearewellness.com and on Twitter via at wearewellness, the number one. And finally, if your hospital health system, physician venture, or healthcare conference is in the market for social media support, including content development, curation, engagement, or amplification, ping me on Twitter via at 2healthguru or email greg with two G's at healthinnovationmedia.com. Until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein. This is Greg Masters saying, stay safe, Florida.